And joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Salmi Sorang. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We have had uh, throughout this coronavirus pandemic uh, these uh, numerous cases that stand out where one, indi- one individual may be considered to be a cause or a super spreading mm-hmm. event. Uh, for example, uh, in Tegu, the uh, Shinshanji uh, member, uh, patient number 31, mm-hmm. as she was called, had uh, resulted in that initial big outbreak in Tegu and North Gyeongsang province, largely involving those. Uh, Shinchenji sect members. Right. And then we saw uh, from the Itaewon outbreak, mm-hmm. uh, patient number, considered Yongin number 66, who mm-hmm. was also a person who was a, a, a vector for um, a big spread of the uh, virus. We have another case here that potentially could be um, a similar event. However, there are, I think, some nuances with his particular situation, which sure. we will explain. But uh, overall, what we know so far is that police officers were indeed successful in tracking down a man in his his 60s who had gone into hiding after being notified that he was coronavirus positive. That's right. Not for too long. It didn't take long for the police Mm. to track him down. But we are talking about Gwangju's 118th patient. So this man, he had come into contact with Gwangju's 85th patient and so was tested on Monday morning. Later that day at 11pm, he was notified that he had tested positive and soon after, an ambulance came to the man's house to pick him up. But at this point, the patient decided to turn his smartphone off and go into hiding. The next morning on Tuesday, the patient went to work at a construction site in Yongguang of South Chola province and this is where the police found him just after 9am. So between going into hiding and the police finding him, it was just around 10 hours. This man is now being treated at a hospital in Gwangju and there are at least three people who have come into contact with this man at the construction site and authorities are investigating to see if there are any more. So, again, it's regrettable, and Mm -hmm. these actions uh, should certainly be condemned. But uh, you would differentiate this to, let's say, for example, um, that Gangnam foreign exchange student who came from Europe and then uh, went to Jeju, kind of faked uh, a, um, uh, I guess, tried to cover up the symptoms, Mm -hmm. uh, traveled with the mom down and uh, potentially had a a big spread there. Luckily, uh, it was mitigated somewhat. Uh, This particular individual, though, um, wasn't really doing it for any other reason except for the fact that uh, he was, uh, quite frankly, worried about his livelihood, just putting food on the table, right? Yeah, and during his sample collection on Monday, he had apparently said to the health workers there that If he's taken into a hospital, there's no one to go out and earn money. So he was apparently more worried Mm. about making enough money to eat than whether or not he was infected. As we know, this pandemic has been especially hard for the lower socioeconomic class, and working from home is not an option for many blue-collar workers. And for many, the immediate reality of not being able to put food on the table if they don't work that day is a greater fear. It's a more immediate fear than the risk of getting infected. Yeah, and so uh, we've been hearing this quite a bit, uh, even in Western media, where uh, you know everyone's saluting these frontline workers, mm-hmm. whether they're working at the grocery stores or their EMTs or in the warehouses, and uh, as as uh, has been deemed called essential workers, right? Yeah. Basically, you have to be there because you need human uh, bodies to actually complete the work. Uh, and 
and that's fine to give them those tributes, but uh, at the end of the day, they would probably appreciate, uh, um, you know, retweets and and things like that. They would probably appreciate better benefits, uh, Mm -hmm. better wages, and that's often, uh, unfortunately, uh, not the case. And really goes to kind of drive home the point that what was the very first bill that uh, was prioritized by the ruling party in Parliament uh, for the 21st National Assembly and what has been constantly um, prioritized by the uh, government, uh, by the Blue House, in terms of the first legislation to be passed. It was the third supplementary budget Mm -hmm. bill, which is the biggest uh, supplementary budget bill in history. And it really is intended to help people and businesses like this individual so that uh, perhaps, I mean, in an ideal situation, there wouldn't be that fear and that need to try to subvert Uh, the regulations and the guidelines Mm -hmm. uh, with coronavirus and and try to make a living because they they just feel there is no other way. Yeah, so that you're not forced to make a decision between your livelihood and food. Yeah, it's it's difficult, and especially when the country itself as a whole is so concerned about uh, the spread of the virus. But at the same time, uh, obviously, the economic uh, fallout From that, again, we have to always look at things uh, from a glass half full perspective and say that Korea is relatively better off. But Mi Sorang, with the latest numbers here, it's interesting. There's a slight, um, it seems like subtle shift in the trends. But uh, what were the numbers uh, overall yesterday? Well, the KCDC confirmed 44 new cases from Monday, 20 were local infections, while 24 were imported. So this puts Korea's total caseload at 13,181. There was one additional death, raising the death toll to 285. Now, in terms of major local clusters, there were five additional cases related to the Kwanuksa Temple in Gwangju, putting the total at 92 patients there. And related to the church member gathering in Suwon of Gyeonggi-do province, an additional five cases were confirmed yesterday, raising the tally to 25. And as for the church in Kwanaku district of Seoul, there was one additional patient, and the, total cluster, uh, the cluster total there now stands at 37. So still a strong effort to put out those mini fires of these uh, cluster infections going on, especially in the Gwangju, uh, Seoul metropolitan areas as well. But uh, it's just purely anecdotal and looking at the numbers in Bisorang. But it does seem like now uh, that uh, there was that uh, intense focus on trying to cover all of these uh, various cluster infections that we have seen the ratio of the uh, daily new reported infected cases. Now we see the domestic infections yeah. sort of shrinking numbers. And now we're seeing again the, the foreign uh, arrival numbers uh, increase. And so that's again a big concern for the government. That's right. So the total case uh, daily increase has fallen before, uh, below 50. But if we look at the numbers released yesterday, 20 local infections and 24 imported. Yeah. So uh, Ed, we talked about this yesterday, but uh, there are provisional facilities in place for people who don't have the means or uh, the logistics to be able to uh, self-quarantine at home. And so uh, those are in limited supply, about mm-hmm. 2,700. Um, they are uh, getting, creeping closer to that capacity, especially right. as inbound arrivals keep going up uh, mm-hmm. on a daily basis as well. So uh, certainly there will be, uh, I think there will come a threshold point where the government has to decide now, uh, do we have to further restrict uh, foreign arrivals, right. especially with the trend lines uh, from these uh, various countries that are actually uh, quite uh, still much uh, in the peak of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Let's turn to our next topic here. This has been an ongoing controversy and uh, doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. The Justice Minister Chumye 
continuing to put pressure on the prosecutor general, Yoon Seok-yeol, to, to back off from this ongoing prosecution press collusion case. Right, so the Justice Minister, she asserted her authority over the prosecution in a statement released yesterday, saying that she was in a position to take legal and political responsibility as the final authority in the prosecution. So Chumye went on to call on Yoon Seok-yeol to stop hesitating and promptly follow my order. Last week, Chumye ordered Yoon Seok-yeol to suspend the fl- uh, planned formation of an expert advisory panel and to grant the Seoul District Prosecutor's Office more independence in the probe. Yeah, it doesn't look like she's going to be backing down anytime soon, uh, despite mm-hmm. uh, what the Supreme Prosecutor's Office is saying. Uh, after those marita- uh, marathon meetings, uh, they did reveal, or at least uh, what they chose to reveal, what was discussed uh, during Uh, that meeting of director-level prosecutors, and we have to remember that would be the highest-level prosecutors who would, you would think, more tend to be more loyal to Yoon Seok-yeol than Mm. than, um, uh, maybe adhere allegiance to uh, Chumye. But uh, their majority opinion was that they believe the justice minister is overstepping her bounds. Yeah, so that was the main argument. And responding to such claims that her intervention into the prosecutorial leadership is illegal, Chumye cited Article 8 of the Public Prosecutor's Office Act, claiming she indeed had jurisdiction and political responsibility over the prosecutor chief. Chu added that a justice minister would be neglecting his or her duties and going against the principles of democracy if he or she doesn't step in and correct known problems in the prosecutor general's command. Now, Yoon Seok-yeol is yet to issue a formal response to Chu's intervention orders. But the main opposition United Future Party is continuing to ask for Chumye's dismissal and is arguing that the presidential office of Chongwade is behind the minister's recent order. So this is what floor leader Chu Ho-young had to say. The <laughs> 윤석열 죽이기가 추미애 장관의 독단적인 행동이 아니라 청와대의 배후 조정과 협력에 의해서 치밀하게 진행되고 있다는 것을 의미합니다. Okay, so he is saying that according to what he and his political allies believe that uh, uh, this justice ministry, there is some sort of a a scheme in place. Maybe they're in cahoots Mm -hmm. with with the Blue House. And the intention is um, not some kind of high-minded ideal of getting to uh, the bottom of things and and righting some wrongs. But politically, they just want to try and destroy uh, the prosecutor general, uh, Yoon Seok-yeol. They find that to be intolerable and they are I guess uh, trying to raise these accusations that um, it's not true but there's some kind of mastermind behind her and Mm -hmm. that mastermind is the Blue House and uh, that's why they've been calling for not only her impeachment but some kind of national investigation uh, through the National Assembly uh, to get to the bottom of this Um, it's a political standoff and uh, I think they have uh, found a point of attack and it does look like uh, they are trying to uh, well it might not be intentional, but the effect of it does seem to be to elevate uh, Yoon Seok-yeol now as this prominent political figure who may uh, be considered uh, a darling of the right. And mm-hmm. these recent pr- presidential polls for future candidates have put him basically at the top among yeah. the conservative choices. Let's turn to another contentious issue here. It's uh, something we've uh, repeatedly talked about and uh, 
the uh, immense and I think widespread dissatisfaction up till now of government policy, despite the Moon Jae-in administration's 21st set of housing price regulations, Seoul's uh, overheated apartment market really showing no signs of cooling. And there are actually numerous apartment complexes scattered around here continuing to set new sales highs. That's right. And according to the latest data from the Land Ministry's Real Transaction Price Reporting System, sales of properties above 1.5 billion won have decreased drastically since Banks are no longer allowed to extend mortgages for them. But the market for that mid- to low-priced apartments is still very hot. So without going into too much detail, apartment units in Songbuku Donamdong, Yangcheonggu Mokdong, Gumcheonggu Shiheungdong and many more have all recorded the highest ever prices when they were sold this past week. So we have... Um Basically, this uh, constant cat and mouse going on between uh, people who are, some of them are gaming the market, but others are just simply trying to find a place to live within Seoul. Uh, In terms of who's buying the properties, and um, not necessarily all the the fat cats in their 60s who have these uh, piles of cash (laughs) Mm -hmm. lying around, uh, is it still largely that uh, so-called 30-40 generation? Yeah, they are still leading the trend. So if we have a look at the uh, period before and after the government's 21st set of regulations, before, that's to say between the months of January through to May of this year, Those in their 30s led the purchase trend, accounting for 31% of total purchases. And even after the June 17th regulations, not much has changed because if we have a look at the ownership transfer applications within Seoul from June 18th from Monday, uh, to Monday of this week, those in their 40s did buy up the most number of properties at 4,537, but those in their 30s were just behind with 4,505 properties. Now, pundits attribute this to a form of panic buying among among the younger crowd. So with real estate prices surging in recent years, the relatively younger generation are saying, you know what, even if I take on this huge debt better by now before home ownership gets even further out of reach. And we probably should point out, uh, even for these people in their 30s and 40s, to be able to buy uh, what has been averaging, uh, let's say, upwards of 9 to 10 million won, uh, a typical apartment in a decent neighborhood mm-hmm. here in Seoul. We're still talking about a, a privileged class. It's, right. it's not easy for you and I to think, um, oh, we're going to buy a, a 10 million won property, especially with what the, the mortgage uh, ratio would be mm-hmm. for loan to value. But it does, and, and not to get in too much of a rant here uh, with the limited time we have, it does point out a, a fatal flaw with this policy in the sense that I think everyone agrees that real estate speculation is despicable, mm-hmm. it's bad, and mm-hmm. for those guys who are trying to drive up the prices here, especially in the Gangnam and more lucrative areas, uh-huh. but maybe now the wider Seoul region, that should be cracked down upon. The question is, how do you get there? And maybe a fundamental question is, Is that even feasible to be able to stop that? Can Mm -hmm. you really, in a free market system of real estate, actually stop what is these small bad apples that are Mm -hmm. constantly driving the price up? The side effect of trying to use punitive measures to through taxation to to punish those who are holding multiple properties is that you are essentially freezing out these other guys. These people in their 30s and 40s, not all of them are speculators. They just want a place to live. They don't have to live in Puchan or uh, far off in in, Mm -hmm. some other boonies area of 
Gyeonggi, not that, you know, that's an unattractive place to live, but in, geographically, it's, it's far away from where they're usually commuting in Seoul. And so they're priced out of the market. They have now tightened loan regulations, and uh, they are also potentially facing some kind of punitive tax action mm-hmm. uh, should their property values rise and the uh, 종부세, the, the uh, general taxation on real estate. And so uh, it's, it's hard to blame the government necessarily, but it, it's very clear that what's going on right now is angering both the so-called rich bad guys, but also just normal middle class people who just simply want a place to live. That's right. And as you mentioned, um, these people, it, we are seeing a uh, Uh, trends among the 30s and the younger 40s buying of these houses. But as you mentioned, it's not self-earned money. Yeah, it yeah. does. Almost it, all of it would be either from parents or other yeah, means of trying to secure the fat cats that you mentioned yeah. before. Yeah, and so it's not a fair system. But uh, uh, again, un- unless there is a complete nationalization of housing here in Korea, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to see how uh, this is going to be solved. But we'll see. Let's uh, talk about another aspect of this because another side effect to a lot of these owners who are keeping these properties and if they don't live in them is they'll lease it out. And then again, they'd like to milk the system to get as much revenue as possible mm-hmm. uh, to kind of try to prevent uh, more uh, exploitation of tenants. The government and the ruling party has decided to now retroactively apply this proposed revision to the Housing Lease Protection Act. Okay, so if we have a bit of background, there are three main pillars to this revision. Uh, One's about limiting how much a homeowner can raise the 전세 or 월세 monthly rent price upon contract renewal. And the second is about extending the minimum guaranteed rental period. And the third is about who has to report the details of a rental contract to the local government. So this retroactive application is about that first pillar, by how much the rent price can increase upon contract renewal. The revision is asking for the cap to be set at a 5% increase or even lower at a rate reflecting the previous year's inflation rate. Mm -hmm. So what difference will a retroactive application make? If we assume that the revision passes the National Assembly in July and comes into effect in August, the usual scenario would be that this cap would apply only to brand new contracts, so ones freshly drawn up after August. So that uh, 5% cap will make a difference to their renewals two years later Mm. from August 2022. But if this revision is retroactively applied, it will apply to all existing contracts as well, meaning that the cap will come into effect and make a difference to renewals beginning August of this year. So with this retroactive application, the DP is hoping to stabilize the rental housing market that much sooner. Right. So if you own multiple properties, meaning you live in one and you lease the other one out, uh, if you have sold it off just to kind of prevent your uh, tax burden from increasing, you're probably lucky because you don't have to um, necessarily be subject to those regulations. But if you are still a uh, multiple homeowner, um, that is something to definitely keep in mind as uh, you're not going to be able to jack up the prices or uh, Mm -hmm. kick tenants out as uh, easily as you had uh, before. Let's talk about another uh, issue that is dealing with young people and and uh, perhaps detrimentally affecting them, the U.S. has decided to withdraw its visas from foreign students whose courses move completely online. This has uh, really shocked and angered a lot of students who are studying there. That's right. So the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement yesterday released a statement which essentially said, look, if you're an international student and your program is operating fully online classes from this upcoming fall semester, 
you have two options: either leave the country or two, choose a different program, one that does have in-person classes. Affected students are understandably stunned by this sudden announcement.、Uh, if we have a look at some numbers, according to the U.S. Chronicle of Higher Education, around nine percent of some one thousand one hundred U.S. colleges they are planning to operate fully online, while a quarter, about twenty-four percent, are proposing a hybrid model. Sixty percent are still looking to roll out in-person instruction. Yeah,、uh, is that preventing COVID nineteen?、Uh, probably a lot of skeptics、uh, to that、uh, visa policy by the Trump administration. Final story here, Misorang. The World Trade Organization members have until today to submit nominations for the next director general position. That's right, and Korea has already begun its campaign for Trade Minister Yoo Myung Hee's run. So far, candidates from Egypt, Mexico, Nigeria, and Moldova have also submitted their applications. EU's Trade Commissioner Phil Hogan decided to not partake in this race, and if there are no candidate submissions from a developed country by the end of today, pundits believe that there is a real possibility for Yoo Myung-hee to become the first ever Korean WTO chief. Now, Japan didn't submit a nomination, but it's also keeping a close eye on the selection process since it's involved in a trade dispute with Korea. Yeah, and Japan is、uh, known to be behind the scenes, trying to perhaps prevent、uh, Yoo Myung-hee being uh, the uh, favorite candidate here.、Uh, but、uh, again, this is going to be a multilateral process, and we'll see、uh, exactly how the vote totals、uh, shape out. Bisorang, thank you very much. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Friday. See you on Friday.